Hey, this is Diana, the Bard of Hudson. What the heck does that mean? A bard is just a storyteller. So here I am to share stories with you. What was it like growing up in the 60s and 70s? Did I really meet Bob Marley on an airplane? I hope you enjoy listening to my crazy life and that it inspires you to share your stories in some way. One great way to share your thoughts with me is through my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard. There you can see the photos and written materials that enrich my stories with visuals. Please check it out. And wherever you're listening, please rate and review and share the podcast. I'd love to hear what you think. At the end of the day, human connection is all we have. Enjoy. Want to make some juicy passive income but don't know where to start? You need to check out Girls Trade 2. Girls Trade 2 is an online community of women learning to trade in the stock market so they can boost their savings and get off that dang hamster wheel of work, work, work. So if you want some help figuring out the stock market, check out a free web class at girlstrade2.com. Hello, friends. Welcome back. Thank you for being with me here today. And hello, Boston. <laughs> so off I go to Boston University. And that was crazy because my entire college process did not involve any kind of visiting. I don't know. I was the first one in going to college in my, you know, Fantastic Four group of cousins and brother. And so nobody, none of the adults somehow suggested that, oh, maybe we should go visit some so you know what they look like. I don't know. Who was paying attention? I have no idea. So we didn't have to, also, we didn't have to arrive there two weeks ahead of time for any kind of like freshman orientation or something like that. So I didn't go till right after uh, um, Labor Day, just like we go to school normally now. So I headed off to Boston University just as my brother and my cousin were heading off to high school. And the first time I glimpsed the skyline of Boston was the very first time I had ever been there. My mom drove me up and she was going to stay overnight somewhere nearby so that she could spend the first night with me and then she'd leave in the morning. And uh, so it, it was an incredible thing to think that I was going to be living in this big city. And I had no experience with that at all. And on the first night after we got me settled in with all of the new sheets and stuff that my grandmother had bought me, we made the bed and all of that good stuff like, like everybody does. Um, my mom and I decided we wanted to look for a Chinese restaurant and find the Chinatown area of town. So somehow, I guess in the yellow pages or something, we found a restaurant that we thought was funny because it was called Mi Hangui. Mi Hangui. Mi Hangui. And it, uh, we went down there and we had some Chinese food and it was okay. And then we got back and my RA, my resident assistant, uh, was like, oh, where'd you guys go? And we were like, oh, we told her. And she's like, oh my God, <laughs> that's in the combat zone. You're not supposed to go there. 
and apparently there's some you know really dangerous areas of Boston back in the 70s one of them was called the combat zone and it was dangerous at night and people got shot and stuff so never mind that was a interesting you know education um my freshman year I was in the Warren Towers dorm which is this giant three spiked uh high-rise right on Commonwealth Avenue just down from Kenmore Square and it is a huge thing uh with a bottom floor you know bottom floor that has the dining room and all of that stuff and then three separate towers and I was in a tower on the 17th floor which happened to be a performing arts floor and I had requested that when they asked about housing so that at least I would be with my peoples you know people that I would have things in common with I hope so so it was a floor of crazy kids as you might imagine and you know I remember us having introductory meetings where we'd all sit around in the common room and and uh, talk about ourselves in this crazy huge tall guy named Bruce introducing himself as Mary Queen of Scots in drag and I was like oh yes I'm in the right place um the boys were down it was it was a split hallway kind of a floor with the bathrooms in the center and the boys were down one hall and the girls were down the other hall uh and I had I was towards the end near the common room and my roommate was named Barbara and unfortunately I found out she smoked quite a lot which was going to be a problem for me since I had asthma and smoking was a difficult thing for me but nobody thought about that those in those days to ask whether you need a non-smoking roommate she smoked quite a lot and she drank quite a lot um and her music choices that she played pretty much in non-stop rotation were Bob Dylan and Liza Minnelli and that was just like the strangest <laughs> bizarre you know congression of music that I don't know I had ever experienced and I liked I liked Liza Minnelli because I was a show tunes girl at that time um but Bob Dylan was kind of new to me I guess I don't know why nobody at my house listened to Bob Dylan um but I was getting to know it but you know hearing those two things in stark contrast was just bizarre and then I remember uh in the first few days our RA had us do a number of getting to know you activities you know which were very fun and silly and Barbara didn't participate and that should have been a you know big heads up red flag um but one time she had us meet downstairs and she had us all hold hands and then she rolled us up into a big giant um you know cinnamon roll kind of a shape and she had us walk five blocks to Kenmore Square just like that and that was hilarious of course because we were all smushed and touching and laughing and so that was a very quick way to get to know each other and she had us do a scavenger hunt so that we would get to know our neighborhood it was very smart and very fun um and we went all over Kenmore Square finding things in little stores and identifying places that we should know and that was cute uh, there was a similar activity in my communications class where we had to take a 20 block walk or something and write down everything we saw and such so they were good about that but we didn't have to take a freshman writing seminar or anything like that you know in the 1970s they assumed 
that you graduated from high school knowing how to write. I'm sorry, I'm going to get on my soapbox here for a second, but the state of education these days is a little sad that kids coming out of high school still don't know how to write properly, and that's appalling to me. Anyway, um, I wish I wish I could fix that in some way, but I'm sorry to be judgmental about that, but it's it's difficult and I know that parents don't have the time they should be allowed to have jobs that you know only take normal amounts of time but everybody's working so hard and they don't have the time to help their children with their education which uh, I guess my mom didn't help me either and I had a good education but in in a public high school you know but oh anyway I don't know where I'm going with this anyway <laughs> I'm sad about that. So freshman semester, I only had three classes because I actually dropped out of astronomy. I was supposed to take a science class, some kind of core science class. And I chose astronomy thinking, oh, I want to learn all about the stars. And it was so hard. It was a big wake up call. Like, wow, college is a lot harder than high school. Yikes. So my three classes were communications, which I had to take for my major, and then modern Greek, which was very funny, and general psychology. So that was an interesting semester and a good way to get to know college work. Um, I, I was getting to know the kids on my floor and the RA, and because I was you know, getting friendly with her. She also told me some kind of insider stories about the people on my floor, which probably she shouldn't have. Um, I learned that this one guy, Bob, who was roommates with my friend Mark, that he kept a gun and a cleaver in his desk drawer and that his mother had sent him with them because they were for his protection. How did that happen and how was that okay? I have no idea. That would never fly these days, right? Um, then there was Tom on that side, on the boys' side of the floor, who was systematically sleeping his way down the girls' side of the hall with anyone who agreed. And my roommate Barbara was one of the first. And I remember returning to my room one night after having been out and socializing and seeing on our little uh, whiteboard on the door, the words sleep elsewhere. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Excuse me, but uh, what do you mean sleep elsewhere? Like where? <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And I, I remember thinking, but, but my, my stuff, <laughs> you know, like I didn't have my toothbrush or my anything. It was so shocking. There was no, like, pre-agreed anything about that. So there was this element of trying to grow up, whatever that meant, and feel older and negotiate this big city for the first time. And yet there was a lot of nostalgia about trying to hold on to things that I loved and ways that I was when I was younger and little. I remember I got a perm for the first time. I got my hair cut. It had been long and straight for the longest, longest time. And I got a permanent wave, which was crazy. We had to sit in the freaking chair forever. And of course, being a college student, I got some kind of coupon for it to be a super cheap one. And they 
burned off a big chunk of my hair in the back. So I had this crazy little cowlick. That was really bad. Oh my god, that what a nightmare. Yikes. So, in any case, <laughs> I was trying to do things very differently, but at the same time, some of the same things. And one of the same things that I really, really wanted to do was music. You know, I had done so much music my last semester of senior year, and I really wanted music still to be in my life. So the first and obvious thing was because I brought my tenor saxophone, I joined the marching band at BU. And I was playing at the hockey games. And little did I know that I was watching the famous team that would go on to win the Olympics, which was really fun. Um, but that only lasted for one semester because it was too much of a commitment and they were a little hardcore. Um, the most important thing that was happening to me in my first semester of, of Boston University was that I met my friend Anne. She lived a few doors down from me on the hall and she was from near Baltimore, Catonsville. So we teased her about being from the South and she was like, no, I'm not from the South. Ah, would drive her crazy. Um, but she would end up becoming my best friend in college and then one of my oldest and dearest friends to this day. We were very different and came from very different backgrounds, but we were so compatible and we gravitated to each other and found solidarity and inspiration and comfort in each other, which was so, so essential and important to, you know, having a healthy life at college. Her roommate, Kathy, was a little scary. There were sort of veiled threats of violence that I remember and, and some terrible depressions that she had. So I'm, I'm sure she was struggling with a lot of things, but we were a little scared for her. And I was worried for Anne sometimes when she went to sleep. And um, so Anne and I escaped the dramas of the performing arts floor sometimes by doing things just the two of us together. We went to see The Nutcracker that uh, fall semester because that was something that both of us had done as kids. And it was, um, it was lovely to do that. You know, I was a little judgmental. I was like, oh, not as good as the New York City Ballet. But, you know, <laughs> whatever. I wanted, I wanted to pretend I was a big New Yorker. Um, sometimes we got wildly drunk. There was a famous screwdriver party where that's all we drank. And, ugh, yikes, you know, young kids drinking sugary, horrible things and then throwing up everywhere. And she scared me one time because she passed out in the middle of being wildly drunk. And so I was a little worried. Um, but we learned how to moderate that eventually. <laughs> My mom was worried that I was an alcoholic. Oh, irony of ironies. But um, by the end of that first semester, I had a very close group of friends. We went to dinner all the way, always together. My friend Mark would kind of come down the girls' hall and collect us, and that was so cute. And I remember in the middle there, about around about November, there was an awful night where I found out, I got the terrible news from the hallway telephone that my grandfather had died. And my, my mom called me and, and uh, told me over the phone, which was awful, and I was, you know, devastated and crying and stuff and then the guys came to pick us up for dinner 
and I was very down and we got into the elevator and Bruce said geez what's wrong with you you look like somebody died and I was like yeah my grandfather and the whole elevator just went like <gasps> silent ashen oh that's awful so sorry sorry yeah but I didn't go to the funeral my mom and my aunt and such went flying over to Italy and they all went but I didn't go so that was weird it was a disconnected goodbye to someone who had been very important in my life and um yeah but freshman fun was just wonderful and that that semester ended with secret santa so there was a, such a cuteness to our little group there was an innocence even in our debauchery um and I was, I finished out the year by, uh, I was dating the guy who lived at the end of the hall. He was the only sophomore on the boys' floor because there was a single room and he had wanted that um, after his freshman year in that same hallway. So he had a single room and we got to hang out and have our intimacies in his single room. And I dated him for a little while and um, that was sweet. And lovely but it didn't last long because there was lots of other flirtations to do and then we sang in a couple of Warren Towers coffee houses that they had down on the main hall where the the dining room was and there was a big room open room with a piano and we had a coffee house and lo and behold discovered that a bunch of us were really good singers including Anne and myself and this other girl named Kari. And that's when Anne organized one of the best experiences of my college life. A three-part harmony acapella trio called the Off-Key Three. And it was a delight. And I just discovered so much more to learn about music and about harmonizing and about singing together and it was a revelation and a joy and I will tell you more about that tomorrow. Thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to connect, you can find me on Instagram at Diana the Bard or on Facebook at Diana Green. And check out my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Diana the Bard for photos and other fun additions. And if you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe, share, rate, and review wherever you're listening. It makes a world of difference and helps others to find the show. I'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Bye.